Welcome to the Our Destiny Podcast. Let's just pray. Dad, I want to thank you so much that you're just incredibly in love with us. I thank you for everything that you've done. And I just pray that revelation would come this morning and that we would really catch hold of being in Christ Jesus. Amen. Um, so I'm changed a little bit. I mean, in my sessions I've been teaching nearly 10 weeks, and they're all about the Holy Spirit. Uh, this, we're going to come in at it at a different angle today, because I feel like I want to talk to you about being in Christ Jesus, and what that means, and what the, we're going to do a Bible study, trying to get to understand what the truths are. You've probably heard it from Phil Drysdale quite a few times, but you're going to get my slant on it, because it's, um, I think, so important to grasp it when you're about to minister to somebody, that you realize that you are in Christ Jesus. But I think we have to wind back a bit and try and understand what sin is. Because you see, sin came into the world through Adam, and we can see that in Romans 5, verse 12. Um, it says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. But then you have to understand what that word sin actually is or means. And the Greek word is hamartria. H-A-M-A-R-T-I-A, wherever you pronounce that. Um, and it means it's an inward element that produces evil acts. So it's not, sin isn't the evil acts. It's this thing that's inside that produces them. Um, so it's a noun and not a verb. Okay. So here we go. We've got a definition now of sin. And when Paul uses that word sin, when we see it in our New Testament, um, all the times he uses it bar once, it's this word hamartia. So you're understanding it's this inward element. Okay. So we've got the understanding that sin came in the world um, through Adam and it spread. Um, but then we find that God loves us, and it's a love that is just dramatic and caring. Okay, so um, we read in Romans 5 verse 8, But God demonstrates his own love towards us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So here is the, that clarity that we get, that while we're still in the middle of all of that aspect of sin, God's love is that he would die for us. So he'd give himself for us. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. And that's our destiny, being the righteousness of God, just living in it and knowing it. Um, but something incredible starts to happen because we're united with him in his death and his resurrection. So Romans 6 verse 6 says, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. So this whole nature of sin, this hamartia thing, the sinners, is crucified with Jesus so that we're no longer bound by it, no longer held captive by it, no longer... Uh, influenced by it anymore and Paul of course gets an incredible revelation we know that there's 
Um, Paul comes quite some time after Jesus. Uh, and he has this incredible revelation in Galatians 2, verse 20. And he says, I have been crucified with Christ. So he realizes that he actually died with Jesus on the cross. That his self died with him. So he was co-crucified with Jesus. And if he was co-crucified with Jesus, he was co-resurrected with Jesus. So that combination of um, here uh, here I am, I'm, I'm put with Christ and I die with Christ on the cross and everything, everything of that old nature dies and now I live now with a totally new nature. What's intriguing to me, I, I get, it just overwhelms me all the time is, it is the Father who actually put you in Jesus. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30 says, but of him, so that's the Father. But of the Father, you are in Christ Jesus, who became for you wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So you can see the Father grabbing hold of you, gets hold of Chris, and he sticks you inside Jesus. And when you're inside him, Jesus dies and is resurrected. And you are born again into new life. You now live a new life. Absolutely, totally new. This sin thing got ripped out of you. It no longer is part of your life anymore. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to fret about it. You don't have to be panicking about it. God did it. He did it. There's nothing left for us to do apart from enjoy being in the life of God that's just full of joy and happiness. <laughs> Living in this Gosh, Jesus, you did it all for me. Um, it's just stunning. And it's a demonstration of Father's love that he would place you into Jesus. And the incredible thing is, you know, with this, Father places you in Jesus. You die with Jesus on the cross. You're resurrected with Jesus. And now we get this revelation that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are now in us. Oh, so it's no longer me in Jesus but they are in me. And you've got this incredible union going on, one with him. That's where we are. We're absolutely one with him. So you are united with him in his death. What died? Your entire fallen personality died. It's not still alive. It's not lurking. The old man is still not lurking in the background. It died. Don't re resurrect it again. It died. The entire fallen personality. Your old depressed self died. Your old sinful self died. Your old fearful you was buried. It's all, all done with. The old anxious, unbelieving you took a bullet and died. It, you know, can I express it anymore? It just happened. He did it. Your Poverty died. Your sickness died. It's just, it's just like, oh gosh, God, you did it all. There wasn't anything that you left out. Every bit of darkness and disease that you once were died with him on the cross. It's all done. Sin was ripped out of you and you were resurrected with Jesus into new life. Let's just 
read from Romans 6, verses 3 to 11. For a long time, I never used to understand Romans. I'd get struggled with Romans and then get Romans 6, then 7 seems to go back on itself and then 8. And, but it just becomes more and more, you understand it when you realize who Paul was speaking to in each of the chapters. Anyway, uh, verse 3 in Romans 6. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. In the likeness of his resurrection. That's what we are in. We're joined with him in his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. So that's that word, hemacha, that inward element that causes sinful acts. We've been set free from the thing. Oh, fantastic. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more, death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead, indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the whole focus is reckon yourself being alive. So much of our Christian teaching is let's deal with the old man. Let's get rid of him. Let's focus on that. Let's focus on that sinful self and deal with that sinful self. And if we could get the discipline to get our sinful self right, we could then become righteous no jesus did it all i am righteous now let me focus on being righteous and living being righteous this is the place of joy it's the place where fun is because all of a sudden he's done it and i haven't got to try anymore he's done it he's done it he's done it now my life is to believe that he's done it and live in that reality okay so it's all through grace all through wonderful grace. Three definitions of grace to help us. So we, the familiar one is undeserved favor, uh, but that doesn't quite cover it completely. Another one is empowering presence of God that enables us to be all and do all that God wants us to be and do. Or the free mercy of God and the enjoyment of his favor. That's what we are living in. We got placed into Jesus, died with him. It's, a, it's an act that took place 2,000 years ago, but it happened for all humanity. We were placed into Jesus, died. We're now living in the righteous life that he gave us. We have to make that choice to believe, and that's where we all are at the moment. We've made that choice to believe in him. And what happens is we just get to enjoy his favor. I saw... I think it must have been uh, Hannah's bumper stick it on a car. He says, you know, um, God loves everybody, but I'm his favorite. You know, we get to be his favorite. We get to be it. We get to enjoy every minute of our relationship with him. 
Romans 5.15 says, But the free gift is not like the offence. For if by the one man's offence many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. Oh, let's live in the abounding to many, not in the, oh, I've got to deal with my old man. No, old man was dealt with by Jesus. Let me believe it and enjoy the abounding to many. <laughs> right? Romans 5.17 For if by the one man's offence death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. <gasps> I get to enjoy my life in the one Jesus Christ. I get to enjoy life with him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. That uh, phrase in English can have a feeling of, over time I will become the righteousness of God. But actually what it really means is, I have become it. I'm now it. I am righteousness. I don't have to try and be righteousness. I am it. As I believe I am righteous, I then start to live righteously. Oh, gosh, changes the way I see myself. I'm happy with myself now because I'm not trying to become this wonderful spiritual man. I am a wonderful spiritual man now. And if I'm a wonderful spiritual man now, then the fullness of Jesus is in me now. And then the fullness of what Jesus is able to do is in me now. And therefore, what I can minister to people is in me now. And I'm not trying to become it now. Uh, in Sometime in the future, I am it now. Oh, I am it now. So I can minister to people with faith and confidence and assurance. I can bless them with a blessing from God. I can forgive their sins because that's what Jesus does. I can raise the dead because that's what Jesus does. I can bless people with um, new, uh, birth uh, children because that's what Jesus does. I can do all of those things because that's what Jesus does. Oh, and it's all because I was placed into Jesus by a loving father who did it for me. Oh, gosh. Galatians 2 verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. It's Christ. I am co-living with Christ now. Me and him are one. Oh, you look at me, you see Jesus. Yes, that's the truth. You know, I look at you, see Jesus. Yes, that's the truth. That's why we call Jesus out of you. Because it's in you and it's the reality. We don't look at you and go, oh gosh, look at them. We look at you and say, wow, Jesus, come on. Oh, more of you. Come on, believe more. We, we want to believe the, the most in your life so that you live in the reality of it. You know, Because it's Christ who lives in you. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That word flesh often chips people up, but all it means is your body. That, whenever you read it in scripture, it just means this body. It's not a, oh, the flesh, the terrible flesh. No, <laughs> rubbish. It all died on the cross. How can I get it back again? It's not in me. Oh, and as I believe it, so I start to realize that I was placed in Jesus. I'm going to try and get in there. I'm going to try and get an open heaven. I haven't got to try and do things 
I am in him. Now let me walk in the reality of that truth. Oh. The, the new you is happy. <laughs> you talked about you want to laugh like the person. Well, actually, the new you is happy. So just let him be happy. <laughs> let him laugh. <laughs> right? He's alive and full of the wine of the love of Jesus. You have to try and get this wine. You're full of it. It's just, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy it. The new you is full of faith. Oh, gosh, how many times I've been taught. Got to get faith. Got to develop in faith. Got to mature in faith. Got to find faith. No, Jesus gave you faith. That's the measure of faith. He gave you. Now, if it's him that gave you a measure of faith, it's his faith he gave you. Oh, I'm full of his faith. Oh, gosh, God, thank you very much. The new true self is prosperous. I am prosperous. I once asked my home group, how successful are you? And it went round the room like this. Well, in some aspects, I think I'm quite successful. In others, I'm really developing. Went around. Uh, how about you? Well, no, I don't think I'm very successful at all. There was another person. Well, I'm trying hard to be successful. I turned to my wife. I said, how successful are you? She said, oh, I'm 100% successful. Amen. So everybody looked at her and said, how can you say that? And she said, well, Jesus has made me 100% successful. I just live in it. Oh, gosh, that revelation. You see, as soon as it clicks in you, you start to live differently with God. You stop trying to be something, be prosperous, be, and start living being. I am it. Right? I'm bold and overflowing with life. Hope, peace, and fruitfulness is in me. Oh, the Holy Spirit who brings the fruit of the Spirit is in me. Therefore, the fruit of the Spirit naturally just develops in me. It just does. It does. Yes, there's character and spirit. You know, gifting is important. Um, gifts are given without, um, what's the word? Uh, repentance, God gives them. Uh, and he doesn't really look at our character. He just gives gifts. Um, but fruit of the Spirit, which is the character, comes as the Holy Spirit lives in you when you walk and live with him. It's important. It's like two wings of a dove. You can have the gifts and you're just flopping a bit. And you can have fruit and focus always on fruit and you're missing the gifts. Well, there's two. Come on. That's how you fly when you have the two things functioning in you. The old critical introverted you is dead. Yeah, come on. Right? I have to tell myself that. I have to tell myself. This introverted bit of you, Alan, died. You know, it just did. So live in this enjoyment of being free. Enjoy it. The new self is completely restored to a childlike innocence and trust. The new you is completely restored to a childlike innocence and trust. I just love that. You see, unfortunately, in Christian teaching, we'll say things like, just get back to your first love, or um, just be childlike. So we then set ourselves off on a path of trying to be 
Get like my first love. What was that like? I don't know. Get, find it again. Or be childlike. Well, I've got, how do I be childlike? I don't know. I'm not a child. Maybe I have to copy what children do. Oh, how do they do it? I can't, I can't do that. Now, the reality is, I have been made a brand new creation in God. Brand new. I live in it today. I walk in a new creation. And this new creation is full of childlike innocence. It just knows God. I know him. He knows me. I haven't got to try and get to know him. I know him. Because this spiritual life that's been put in me just is in communication with Father and Father's in communication with me. And I love it. And so I'm not trying to get my first love back. I am in love. I've never stopped loving. I am just overwhelming with loving. And I'm not trying to become childlike because I am childlike. He made me like this. And I just enjoy it. And, um, you know, I enjoy being me. It's taken 61 years to believe I'm me and I'm okay. <laughs> Staffed, isn't it? <laughs> so much of my Christian life was trying to become somebody out there. Oh, it's just nonsense. Be me. Be the one that God made me and enjoy the gifting and the blessing that's in my life. And love people. Just like Ben was saying yesterday, love is the key, isn't it? Here's the secret source of joy, right? You wanted to know? Here it is. Simply realize you've been crucified with Jesus. That's it. Because once I realize it, you know, it was all dead. Well, what's left is just fun. <laughs> it's just fun with God. <laughs> because, <laughs> can you imagine it? The only thing that was really messing me up and separating me from God was this hematia thing, this sin thing in me. Well, Jesus, the Father, that I had a plan. I'm going to put you inside Jesus. I'm going to put you inside Jesus. You're going to die with him. Oh, fantastic. You're going to be resurrected. Oh, fantastic. There's nothing to separate me from God anymore. All that's left is joy. Oh, gosh. I, I used, I had daft thoughts, I have to say. I might still have a few, but I had daft thoughts of, you know, uh, I got saved. Yes, I did get saved, but somehow or other, if you put me on, on a, you know, a scale, I was still quite low down on the scale. And if I was in heaven, you know, God would be at a distant father God over there. And I would be over here. And somehow or other in heaven, there would be this rotation system. And over eons, eventually I'd get close to father. Hello. And then I'd go around again. And it'd be an eon before I'd get back to him and I'd say, hello. And it's nonsense. But I've lived my Christian life long enough like that thinking that I would have to do more to get the respect of God, to get the honor of God, to get the uh, righteousness of God or the holiness of God. I'd have to do more to get there. My Anglican background, I mean, every Sunday I had to confess that I was a sinner and confess my sin every day, every day, every day to, to get right with God, hopefully without realizing I was right all the time. And as soon as I realized I had a loving father who wanted me, who gave everything for me, I realized I'm like Stephen. When Stephen was stoned to death, what happened was heaven opened and father and Jesus was stood there looking at Stephen and he was welcomed into heaven. And that's what it's like for me. I'm a son. I'm a son. 
And I'm in a great relationship with a loving father and a Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And they love me. They absolutely are overwhelmed with how fantastic I am. Sometimes I can't understand it. I can't understand them. But they are. They're head over heels with me. With me. And as I trust it and I believe it, the result is joy. It just overwhelms out of me because I can't think of anything else more incredible than to be the son of father who gives everything. Oh, it's incredible. Okay, that's the secret source of joy. Everything that separated you from God, Mr. Pleasure, was abolished once and for all. Once and for all, it was abolished. Oh, therefore, I am in relationship with him. I am trying to be in one. I am in relationship with a loving, loving father, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Oh, gosh, they love me. (laughs) No matter what you're feeling at the moment about yourself or your circumstances, this simple truth trumps everything. It does. When Kath was diagnosed with bowel cancer, you you know you go into that's Kath is my wife. You go into a bit of a tailspin because oh god, gosh, cancer, cancer, oh dear, dear. But then I also knew that he, Jesus, has everything done, everything necessary for us. And when that peace overwhelms you, and you realise that you're living in this reality of a loving. Father, who cares for you in every situation, every circumstances, it just trumps everything. No matter what the circumstances are. (laughs) There is always abundant hope. Always hope. Always hope. If you start to sense this, oh, no, I'm going to hope. It's the enemy that's doing that one to you. There is always hope with our God. Okay? The way you drink the wine of the new covenant is just to believe it is flowing freely. (laughs) Gosh, it took me, I don't know how many weeks me and Irving studied the Bible to get baptized in the Spirit, but it was many, many weeks. And then there was a night of that, you know, is it possible that we could be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Thankfully now, in the church, we believe enough that it can happen just straight away when we pray for people. It just happens. God has given, Father has given his promise of the Holy Spirit and it just has poured out on us. And Ephesians just says that we can be filled over and over and over and over and over again. And he just keeps filling us with the Holy Spirit and just keeps overwhelming us with him because, you know, he's infinite and we are finite and he just loves filling us with these infinity, if you like. Um, so, how do you drink this new wine? You just believe it's done. And in believing it's done, oh gosh, it changes everything. No longer am I trying to get there. I just say, thank you that I'm there. <laughs> and no, stop owning your sinful life. You know, he died. Stop having any bit of it. It wasn't, you know, he just died with Jesus. Don't own it anymore. It's not yours. (laughs) You know, that sinful nature is not still hanging around. It died. Now you can live in a joy 
Believe that you're in Jesus. You were placed in Jesus by the Father. Now start to believe it. Because this in Jesus effect has a dramatic impact on us. (laughs) You see, through being placed in Jesus, what happens? You are blessed in every spiritual blessing. I am, right now, blessed with every spiritual blessing. Any blessing I see in you, coming on you, I can have as well. (laughs) It's just stunning. Any blessing that you see in any of the patriarchs of the Bible or any of the apostles, they had, I can have as well. Why? Because my father has said I'm a favorite. He chose me. He chose you as well. And you can have it. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing. That's Ephesians 1 verse 3. Oh, fantastic. I am holy and blameless in him. Ephesians 1 verse 4. Holy and blameless. What am I? I am holy. There ain't a bit in me that is you can blame. I, 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 you know, I haven't got to worry about standing in front of Father and all this, you know, going through the book and what have you done. Rubbish. I am holy and blameless. I'm just going to walk into the kingdom with great fun. In fact, I'm in the kingdom now. I'm enjoying it every minute. All right? I am holy and blameless in him. Redemption and forgiveness through grace is in him. Oh, look, look what's happening now. Being placed in Jesus by the Father. What happened? Every spiritual blessing came on me. What happened? I became holy and blameless in him. What happened? Redemption and forgiveness came in him. Oh, I got all that. It's just, I've got it. <laughs> An inheritance in him. An inheritance. I've got inheritance. I'm no longer an orphan. An orphan tries to create his own inheritance. An orphan tries to create his own name. An orphan tries to create himself. But I am created in Jesus now. I have a father who gives me inheritance. I have a, that he gives me every spiritual blessing. I have a continual party. <laughs> it wasn't just the only one when I got saved. It's continual over and over and over and over and over and over again. What happened when I got placed in him? I got sealed with the Holy Spirit. Ah, you imagine that? The third person of the Godhead. Father's promise given to me. From then on in, living with him. Oh, gosh. If I, I, You could just, like, be overwhelmed with that one and not go anywhere. The seal of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's in me. I'm marvelous. So when you're ministering to people, you're not trying to find... When, in reality, when you're praying for people, you can feel a bit lonely because it's like, oh, gosh, this is important. They've got an issue. They're, you know, they might have cancer. They might have a, a, a terrible condition, what's going on. And you can feel a bit lonely. But you've got to... Remind yourself and believe, no, actually, I'm not here on my own. I'm sealed with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's here. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are in me. It's not my hand. It's my hand plus Father's hand plus Jesus' hand plus Holy Spirit's hand on this person. I'm believing for the goodness and the spiritual blessings that are on me to flow on them. That's why I... try to help you when you're praying for people to believe it's coming out of you 
You're not trying to get it down from up there. It's somewhere up there. And I don't know where that up there is. It's in you. And it flows out of you to them. And changes lives. That's why when you walk into a coffee shop, people go, what's this? That's why I've told you testimonies of how, you know, the presence of God in a room, in a group of people, people like your um, fiancé, walks in. They get saved. Nobody tried to give him the gospel or anything. They just, he gets saved. You come in and you go, what is this place? You know, there's something here. It's called him. It's his presence. It comes out of all, it oozes out of all of us. And that's why it gives us this confidence that we can minister to people, that we have something to give away. You, You may not be the most skilled teacher. You may not be a Bill Johnson or whatever. But you have him. And you can give it away and you can encounter him. You have the ability to see and sense the spirit of God wherever you are. It's just functioning in you. Yes, your giftings might be small and developing, but they're still there. Do you see what I'm trying to say? So honor them. Bless them. <laughs> Bless what God's given you. And just honor each other in it. You know. One else happens. Ephesians 2 verse 5. I become alive in Christ Jesus through grace. I become alive in him. So, yes, I was crucified, dead, buried, but I was resurrected and I get new life. And I could give you another talk on being new in Jesus. It is stunningly incredible. I am new. We are not, I'm going to use this word, we're not human beings. Yes, yes, we are human beings, but we're actually a brand new creation. Now, we might look, smell, feel the same as everybody else. But it says in Scripture that we were brand new. And it's not just this spiritual thing that's brand new. You are new. And it says also that your body's becoming more and more and more and more and more, more like him. All right? So that you have more revelation. More, you use you more of Jesus. How, it's not by, being, by doing things that make you holy. that You, you, know, you haven't got to go and become a, a nun or a monk or something like that. It's him in you that makes you holy. You are holy. And as I believe it, it has an impact around me. And it just changes. Because I was placed in Jesus. I am in Jesus. What happens? I've been raised up. This is Ephesians 2 verse 5. Raised up to heavenly places. Now, heavenly places are not where you go when you die, right? It is the spiritual realm that's here now. We are in heavenly places. We are actually walking in them every single day. We live in heavenly places. That's why people have these testimonies about how people get impacted uh, around them because they are living in the reality of heavenly places. That's where I've been raised to. What does it say in Ephesians 1 verses uh, 20 to 21? I've been placed above all principalities and powers. Just think about that one. Yeah, we know there's principalities and powers. It's quite clear. You can see it in the world. But we have been raised above them. We have all authority has been given. Jesus says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore. So he gives in that, go therefore. Within that is given authority and power. Go therefore. Make disciples. I have been placed above all prince, so I'm not going to have all the principalities and all these demons everywhere. No, I'm above them. 
I stamp on them. <laughs> they don't have any impact. When they have, then they come. Yes, of course they do. Demonization does occur. But it can go. <laughs> I have been given authority over the silly things. Okay. Um, Ephesians 2 verse 10. I've been created. I've been uh, called his good work. I am the good work of my father. Just have a look at it. It's fantastic. <laughs> I have been created his good work. Oh, marvelous. But I've also been created to walk in the works of my father. All the works that he is doing and he's working all the time. I have been created to walk in them. And I've been given everything necessary to walk in the works. Oh, gosh, it's amazing. Um, Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9. And it's all a free gift. It's all a free gift. Just get it into your head. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. See, the, our, the earthly system is you work for everything you get. So, you know, you get a job and it's a right that you work, that you do earn money, that you, et cetera, et cetera. But unfortunately, the system is, wherever you're in business, you know, personal, um, what do they call them, um, performance. Uh, you know, are you meeting your performance targets? And every year they increase. And, it's, you know, and you have to effort to get there. But with God, it's the other way around. He just gives it to you. Now I believe. <gasps> I believe. Thank you very much. It's a free gift to me. And then Colossians 2, verses 9 and 10. You are complete in him. <laughs> I've been placed in him. And what does that make me? I am complete. It says... I've been given everything necessary for a godly life. I'm living a godly life. Do you, do you want to see what a godly life looks like? You look at me. Or you look at you. That's what a godly life looks like. Because it's, I'm complete in him. And I believe it. I live it. I live enjoying it. I have fun with him. And, it, you know, no, I am not a... Um, a mega speaker going around the world. I've got one engagement in Germany in November. First one in five years, I think it is. <laughs> so I am not a mega speaker going around the world. Oh, but I'm completing him. Yeah? I am full of his life and I enjoy it. All right? And we access it all by believing and confessing. Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. We use that to get people saved, don't we? You know, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that you're saved. But it's more than that. The whole spiritual life of living with God comes by me believing and confessing it. That's why I'm saying that. If you want to see what a complete, uh, you know, person in God looks like, look at me. Because I'm declaring the truth over my life. I'm not going... Well, I'm not there yet. You know, God's got a good, I mean, work in progress. Nonsense. You're not a work in progress. He made you new. Well, what work in progress is that? You're new. Do it. Live it. Enjoy it. The fruit of the Spirit. Yes. Paul talks about it clearly. You know, add this to this, add this to this, add this to this. All wonderful. If you try doing it yourself, you just fall over. You just can't do it. 
if I confess that it's in me, I then start to live it. Now, it's a very intriguing thing, I think, Father God's lovely. You know, you're praying, I want more patience. So how does he bring that in you? He gives you situations where you need to be patient. And you just learn what it is to express patience in those situations. I think he's immensely wise father knows what to do with us. But the truth is, I am patient because he's in me, right? I have the ability to walk in patience because he's placed it in me. And I have all, you know, it's like the vine. I'm grafted into the vine. So what does that mean? It means I'm part of the vine. I am now part of that vine. You cannot separate me. I'm stuck in the vine. Oh, what happens then? The life of the vine comes through into the graft, which is me. Oh, his life is pulsating through me. Oh, so what would his vine would produce? Lovely grapes. Oh, so what do I produce? Lovely grapes. Fantastic. I am a grape producing person. I am full of the fruit of God. Right? But it's, it's where our thinking comes because what we often do is we add in to grace our own effort. So God did a bit and I have to do a bit. It's only fair that, isn't it? No, it's not. He did it all for me. I just get to enjoy the free gift that he gave me. Ah, And it just shifts the thinking and you then become somebody who's going, I'm enjoying life with my God. All of a sudden, it's fun with him instead of it being this drudgery trying to become the righteous person. I am now the righteous person. I can enjoy fun with him. Oh, gosh, it's incredible. So how do I access it? It's by believing and confessing. It's simple. And that's why children can do it, because they just say, I am who I am. They can do it. No problem. The gospel is simple. Um, Probably theologians make it more complicated, but it's just simple. Uh, it's just a matter of choosing to believe. And as, you know, that revelation of grace has come to us in our church, you know, it just, it has changed us, changed us quite dramatically because we, we've become more confident in the presence of God. We're more confident with him, more assured of him. We're not feeling that we're, oh gosh, we're not, we're no longer comparing, trying to compare. That's the earthly way of doing things. We just enjoy us and the fun. And you start to see miracles happening in your life and people around you. And you go, this is incredible, starting to see miracles happening, starting to see this, the real stuff taking place. You know. Um, and so students come on the school and they begin to believe what we tell them, which is always strange. But they begin to believe it. <laughs> And you get people like Ian who prays for somebody who's blind and the lady sees. And he he's, didn't even believe that he could pray for the sick. He didn't even believe that that would be possible. And all of a sudden he's praying for them. You know, um, Johannes, who just wasn't even a Christian when he came to the school, gave his life to Jesus, goes home, prays for people, in uh, the person in the wheelchair in the, in the supermarket back home in Germany, they get out of the wheelchair, healed. And it's just like, oh gosh, God, it seems to work this. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> when you sit on this side and you're doing the teaching, you're thinking, well, I think I've got a revelation from God. And then all of a sudden people are believing it and doing it. And you think, 
gosh, I wish I'd believed this 61 years ago. It would have made so much difference. But there's no regret because I thank God for the journey I've been on with him. I love it. But it's so fantastic seeing people who all of a sudden get this revelation of who they are in Jesus and start doing it. And they don't seem to have any problems with it. I just love it. It's fantastic. I look at Hannah Hadcroft and I think, you are a stunning woman. She just put something on uh, Facebook today about healing. And she listed the healings that she'd seen. I thought it was stunning. Are you in Facebook at the moment or can you get to? Have you? Oh, right. Who's got Facebook? Yeah, just see if you get to Hannah's page. Because she's only put it on this morning. Hannah was a girl that, that came and did the school. It might have been the lady that was laughing uh, yesterday. It was, was it? No? Um, oh, well. There was a, a long list. Uh, yes? You want to read it out? This is Hannah. She came in the school. She's a single mum. I mean, to me, I, I just find it stunning that there's this young woman, mother of two. Um, I've, I mean, I've known her for many years since she was a little tot. But all of a sudden, she's realizing who she is in Jesus. And she, she can write something like that. I always tell the students, you will have your own testimonies at the end of the school. It, will just, it won't be Bill Johnson's testimonies anymore. It'll be yours. And that's what it's like, you know, as people begin to believe the reality that they were placed into Jesus and Jesus did everything for them. The father who loves them got hold of them and stuck you in Jesus and you died with him and you rose with him to new life. And now enjoy it. Enjoy the fun of this new life. Thank you for listening to the iDestiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.